what my favorite sport to watch is? Tennis. <laughs> Not because, so I don't understand the game. Um, I don't know the rules. But I love the sounds. Like, it's the best game to have on in the background because it's all squeaky tennis shoes and grunting. So it's, and like, and I love the players that are just like really loud when they hit the things. This is like, like, ugh. And then like, patter, patter, patter. Ugh. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, uh, welcome back, please to uh, welcome, please welcome back, uh, Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello. You stepped all over that. Hello. Man. Well, whatever, Dustin. Shut <laughs> Am up. Am I welcoming myself? Uh, I'm. I'm saying the the people should welcome. Welcome back, Tori. Thank you. Uh, sorry, sorry, you had power issues. Uh, because of storms or something. I don't know. East That's Coast, fine. whatever, there weather. There were trees down. It's, it's a thing. I don't know. Yeah. She just didn't want to hear us talk about them doing for 45 minutes. Ugh. I mean, I'm so <laughs> sorry. The power was... It's, oof, oof. <laughs> uh, one, of our, one of our listeners, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name, and I'm not going to look it up because I'm lazy, but... Uh, one of our listeners said, "Like, oh, it was a great episode. We should have you should have Tori and Roxana on together sometime." And I was like, "We've done that before, <laughs> but that is a good idea, and maybe we'll do it again in the future." Unless they were talking about having the two of you, but not Dustin, because oh, we have not done probably. that. But, yeah. I think that they um, were specifically asking for Rocky and I to have our own spinoff. Oh, well, you know, stay tuned. It's called the who knows. Not Dan and Dustin show. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, I would listen to that show. And then we'll sure. get into too. a bitter yeah. rivalry. It'll be, you know. What's a spinoff of a TV show that did better than the original? Um, oh, wow. I feel like I there don't was know. one, but I don't. This, this, is, this is not correct because of, like, creatively, but you could argue Frasier... Over Cheers, it was, was huge. It was Cheers huge. was also huge, right, right? That's why I don't. But I think Frasier ran longer. Yeah. Oh. Um. So I think you could make the argument on the on those grounds. I think. I mean, I you like know. Cheers better as a show. But also, Fear any... of the Walking Dead just got renewed for the seventh season, so oh. it's only going to be four seasons behind. <sighs> There's right, but, uh, fourteen but cents. I needed fourteen cents. Okay, but people. like a bigger, a, the size of a, the, the piles of stuff sense you know it's it's just because it's a bigger pile doesn't make it better you know svu how's that i was gonna say the law and orders uh but svu is only it only surpassed the flagship because of a mistake nbc made a clerical error many many years ago canceling law and order why would you cancel the original i know i mean i would say like arguably did they (laughs) it's still it's still on i can't yeah why don't they? Why haven't they brought it back? I mean, it was clearly the best. Well, and look, it would do really well on the ratings. What is? The, well, Dick is Wolf because, moved on, and now they have the Chicago verse. Uh, one Chicago on NBC. Um, one look, Chicago. It's a, 
Yeah, it's called One Chicago because it's Chicago nights. Three Chicago shows. Right, because it's that Chicago Fire, Chicago mm-hmm. Earth, and Chicago Air, right? <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't know what the other two are. Is it it's like... Fire, PD, and Med, but yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they, they did have Justice, but that only went one season. Yeah. Oh, so not, not all of the... Well, the problem is that you can't fit four shows on one night. You can only do three, so um... they, they ran into a math problem. I mean, anyway. you could. You just make them shorter or, <laughs> or make your expectations longer. Or one of them is a late night show. Yeah. It's all. Oh. Yo, Chicago Vice. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Rocky and I will have a spinoff about that. It'll be fine. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, also, <laughs> Dustin's here. I haven't actually introduced Dustin yeah. yet. Hi. Dustin, Dustin Rolls. <laughs> Uh, Pajiba, what is your name today? Pain in the ass, Dustin Rolls. Why? Why did you say that? Because you <laughs> wrote it down. And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> as is our long-standing tradition, whatever Dustin puts his name as in our recording app, <sighs> that is what he is called. Um, yeah, you did this Terrible that you would say that. Mm. Wait, speaking of power outages, uh, Dustin, how are you faring? There's like a nor'easter hitting you and not me. There is? Or there was. I thought New Hampshire and Maine got slammed. Oh, we got a whole, like, like, um, yes. That happened, <laughs> like, five miles away. Wow. But, like, I'm close enough to the ocean that we only got, like, uh, three inches. And, like, but, like, five miles, not really five, like, ten miles away. They got, like, ten to fifteen inches. Mm. That's a lot. Oh, it's early for that. But it's, you know, the pandemic, so I don't leave my house, so I don't, I forget that other parts of even my own state exist. Yeah. It's literally <laughs> like the power is on or the power is off. Like, otherwise, right. all weather like, is the same. A lot of people that I know lost their power, but I don't see them, so it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. And they're not coming over to use your shower or anything, so exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, nobody's, they're just going to sit there and they're powerless abode yes but it was uh, there there was a, a concern that we would lose power and that i would have to wake up and i would have to do a lot of shoveling and it just never materialized well congratulations Dustin. thank you yeah <laughs> congratulations um to celebrate what are you drinking i'm drinking uh middle sister oh. which i purchased from the grocery store this is the one that you like, right? This is an actual... You know, uh, it's okay. I, I think it's one of those where I keep buying because I don't remember if I like it or not, and then I get it, and it's okay. I would, I think if it was something that I hated, I would remember it. It's like Middle Sister and Josh and Gnarly Head and these, like, yeah. groceries. And you look at them, and you're like, ah, oh, I think that was okay. And I, But I don't know that I love any of the grocery store ones. Well... Come Do you have life. a favorite, like, grocery store wine toy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ones I always buy that are, um, <laughs> what are, it, no, it's not, is it Bogle? It's because it's, like, the Phantom one I get. It's a little bit pricier. Also, um, the Apothic ones are just so trashy, but, like, very easy to drink, and they always have really fun flavors. Apothic. But, Apothic, but that is, like, pinnacle grocery store wine. But that's, Yeah. Um, they had one that was, that was the one that had, I think it was aged in whiskey barrels, one of them. Okay, wait, what's the definition of a grocery store wine? 
You know, you've got the grocery store. There's like, yeah, there's like 10 brands, like Barefoot. You always see oh, Barefoot. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, what's the and fish one? You don't one? get Yellow, Barefoot Yellowtail? because you're like, yeah, Yellowtail. Those are the two you don't get because you're like, oh, those are, those are like. They're so for, basic. Right. <laughs> That's for trash. So I'm going to go up and pay a dollar more for the next uh, tier right. up. Oh, okay. Called Little so Sister. And, and Yellowtail is bad. It's not that I don't it is know. bad. I've never tried it. Because oh. it's basically it? you've got like Franzia, you've got your boxed wines, right. then you've got your Yellowtail um, barefoot, then you've got, yeah, and then everything is just like incremental progressions up. Okay. Yellowtail and barefoot are also popular at your uh, local uh, CVS, Walgreens, yeah, Rite Aid. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that, I think. For me, that puts it into better context, like the CVS kind of thing. Cause, cause yeah. Only because my local grocery store has, like, a giant wine section. So, like, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's enough that I'm like, oh, I mean, they have a fair amount of choice, I feel Yeah, like, like my, my grocery store has a good wine selection. When when I talk about grocery store wine, I'm, again, talking about the, the gas station. <laughs> oh. The one store. Right. They have a I have smaller. a huge grocery store. Uh, and I've seen those California grocery stores. They're not very big. Uh, and but still, uh, we have you know probably a hundred wines to choose from. There's still like five or six that just sort of like the way they place uh, items in grocery stores is very important. Right. Yeah. And the middle, the eye line is you know where you, where they put the the wines that the big companies pay for you to see. Well, because the big companies will have you'll have more types of wine from that same brand whereas like the smaller ones they might just they'll only have like the cabernet from that winery or you know whereas like they'll have every single type of barefoot wine Mm -hmm. um and josh wine i've seen oh josh wine everywhere um do you guys have bread and butter yes yes very popular grocery store wine Bread and butter. Um, but I, I bet they're think, all owned by Budweiser too. Oh, probably. I also Either think there's something about the breakout where they have like the the shelf with all the wine, but then they'll have the stand in front of the shelf that has yes. other wines on it, and you just mm-hmm. kind of always assume those are on sale, and they're not actually. But it's like oh, because I they've been on set... sale and fancy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they never are. It's like they're neither, but just because they're set out slightly, it's like oh well, you know. Thank you for calling my attention to this. Right. I will buy it's this like this instead. is the stuff that you didn't, you couldn't find room for. Right. You've got too much of it, and now you're trying to sell it off on the cheap. That's how I discovered that cold brew wine that one time. The wine mixed with coffee. Oh yeah. Was... I was uh, an advertising major for uh, two semesters in college, and so I took a lot of marketing and advertising classes. And there was like a whole section on just placement and grocery stores like there was a whole like three classes on that mm-hmm. it was fascinating just like how they do it what they do and, and where they place things and uh, like the thing about how, how uh, Heinz has been able to dominate by just taking up all the space do they do it by having more products or by making bigger bottles Different things, but also like, or like in in the pasta sauce, like the reason why there's like ten different ragouts is uh, just so they can take up more space so that other competitors can't come in. Yeah. And if people, if 
grocery stores want the flagship ragu, they have to agree to, to take stock on crappy like flavors. Oh, exactly. uh, interesting. Yeah. We're gullible. Yes, but and the reason why Trader Joe's is so much cheaper is because they only do like uh, one brand or two brands of anything. Yeah, and usually it's their own brand. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier when you're not picking between like five different soy sauces. You're just yes. getting the soy sauce. The soy sauce, yes. Right. But I also appreciate, this is where I do appreciate Trader Joe's, because everything, there's only one type until you get to the maple syrup. And then they have sizes and options. And I'm like, that is where diversity <laughs> matters. I need options for my maple syrup. I kind of feel like that might be a local phenomenon, Tori. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm sorry that other places aren't right. <laughs> well, here we can either get uh, Vermont uh, syrup or New Hampshire syrup or uh, Maine syrup. Or what's called not syrup. Well, nobody buys that. No. What is not syrup? I never. I grew up on not syrup, and then I came up here, and like, my wife won't eat the not syrup, and I'm like, why? But nobody will eat the not syrup. I know it's so weird. What is not syrup? It's not syrup is like uh, Aunt Jemima or. uh, Oh, okay. So sugar, Butterworth, sugar water, or sugar. The, right, but the stuff. stuff that's not actually maple syrup. Right. People outside of New England don't really use pure maple syrup. It's not an option in most places. I know. Right. Or or it is an option, but you have to pay a lot, and they don't really understand right. how it works. So they give you. It's like you're paying two dollars extra, and you get this little tiny cup. <laughs> right. And you're like, that's not why. Um, <laughs> no, that that's even somehow more offensive. Right. No, I don't, I just, I feel so bad for people who only know not syrup. I, yeah, I never had anything other than not syrup until I moved up, probably, until I met Molly, my yeah. wife. I remember my grandparents, and this was like the big treat when I was growing up, was like going to McDonald's and for breakfast to have pancakes and not syrup. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was because it was just like anywhere else I went, if they took me to like the local, re- you know, restaurant or diner or anything, like every place was going to have real syrup. The only place to get not syrup was McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so like once in a blue moon, we'd go. And I was like, this is amazing. Because <laughs> you don't have it's expensive. You understand that real syrup is like $18 for a bottle. And yeah. like, uh, not syrup is like, a dollar fifty. No, I understand that. I'm just saying, and, and like yet, you're not. Do it. My kids are growing up on real maple syrup. They're so fucking spoiled. As they should. <laughs> no, it's good. I I understand the price difference. I understand that like it's not worth it to everybody. But also there, it, you can't. It's not like you can replace maple syrup with not syrup. Mm-hmm. It's you're buying something completely different. That's right. They're, they 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 are fundamentally purpose. two different things. Yeah. Like if um, you, yeah. And maple syrup, I use, like, it is the thing I use the most. Like, I put it in my coffee. I put it on my ice cream. I, if I'm cooking, if I'm baking and it calls for sugar, I replace some of that sugar with maple. Like, I'm just like, whatever, fuck it. It's probably fine. Like, dump some maple syrup in it. Um, anyway. 
Now I kind of want waffles. Is this a TV podcast? Which, well, oh, yeah. Dustin, you ruined my... I had a great segue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was going to say, made me think I want waffles, and waffles makes me think of Leslie Nope, and Leslie Nope was on Parks and Recreation, which is a television show, and this is a TV podcast. Oh, Tori, did we, did we ask you what you're drinking? Oh, no, you didn't. I'm drinking um, whiskey, which I've had... I guess a good amount of, because I just totally went off on maple syrup. Um, <laughs> so I'm drinking, actually, Dan, this one's for you, though. I'm drinking monkey shoulder scotch. But the reason I'm drinking monkey shoulder scotch is because the writer's tears that was stocked right next to it had run out. So oh. I, I saw the label, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get writer's tears and be like, ha-ha, Dan, I've got writer's tears, too. And then they didn't have it anymore because it, it sold out, so I bought the one that was next to it. And it's fine. It's not <laughs> sad enough, but uh, it's got monkeys on it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that reminded me of a joke that my uh, son came up with yesterday, <laughs> which is, uh, what do you serve uh, for dinner to a cannibal you're angry with? Cold Chicken. shoulder. Oh, uh, I get it. That's actually, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> he was very pleased with himself. He should, as he should be. Dan, um, um, what about you? Oh, I'm drinking. Uh, I have some. I don't know why I had these, but I had uh, some two-hearted ales uh, left. An IPA from Bells in Comstock. Oh no, MI. MI is Michigan, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from Comstock, Michigan, which I I knew all the time, and <laughs> definitely will be. Oh yeah, it says on the back from Michigan. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty good. Uh, it's it's uh, it's. I mean, I'm not a. I don't know why I got it because I don't always love uh, IPA, but it's it's all right. Yeah, I hate IPA. Ugh. Yeah. This one isn't like super, it's not super bitter um, or hoppy, as so funny beer people IPA, say. IPA are a certain kind of person. Yeah. Um, IPA people like adventure and uh, excitement and uh, not things for me. Is it? No, thank you. I thought they just like Bernie. Oh, I don't know. No, um, yeah, both. But they also like not having any feeling in their mouths because that's the yeah, only yeah. way you could possibly drink a, like most IPAs. And like pay, paying $8 for a beer. Yeah. Um, it tastes like... Like IPAs are an accident. <laughs> like do they know it's not... Like they were only over hopped so they could go on long boat journeys. That's why it's an India pale ale because it had to be preserved the whole way to fucking India. <laughs> Like beer wasn't supposed to taste that way. Hops oh, I is didn't a preservative. Know that. <laughs> I had no idea. No. That's why oh. IPAs are IPAs. Oh. <laughs> for going on the boats. Yeah. Normally you just have a pale ale that had less hops because it just had to be preserved for like normal usage, not long boat journeys. Anyway, I am I am bitter against very bitter beers. <laughs> Uh, well, as as everyone knows, Pod Jaiba is a television podcast. That's right. Which is why, Clearly. Which is why today we're going to talk about some TV. Uh, let's start with Your Honor, because, uh, I don't know, Dustin wanted to talk about it. It's some fucking Showtime show with okay. Brian Craston, right. Michael Stuhlbarg. He told Stuhlbarg. us not to do our homework. Yeah, he it's told us very specifically not to not to learn anything about it. Right. So. No, 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 because I want to tell you the... Uh, 
the uh, dilemma presented in the show. Okay. And I did this uh, with my wife, and she she tried to like uh, talk her way out of the premise, which you can't do. That is not an option. So neither <laughs> one of you are allowed to talk your way out of the premise. Okay. So we'll see. Premise is this, okay, so uh, 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 the kid, there's a kid, he's like 19, his name is Adam, uh, he's like, a, you know, a nice, frail, sort of uh, dorky kid, uh, he he um, goes out to, he, he lives in New Orleans, um, he goes out on the day, on the anniversary of his mother's murder, we don't know why she's dead, but she's been murdered, and he goes to like a convenience store where she's murdered. And uh, while he's there, he's surrounded by some uh, angry guys who clearly don't like him being there. So he jumps back in his car uh, and he's like freaking out a little bit and driving away. And um, on, his, on his way out, uh, he starts having, he, he freaks out, he has an asthma attack because he's that kid, right? Okay. Like a nice kid, dead mom. Uh, freaking out because basically he saw black people in New Orleans. Uh, and reaching for his, his, his inhaler, he just keeps reaching for it. It's on the uh, passenger side and he can't reach it. And he has to reach all the way down into the floorboard. And when he's doing that, he hits somebody, uh, another guy on a motorcycle. And uh, that kid on the motorcycle flies up, hits the curb. And uh, uh, he, uh, so... Adam, the kid, gets out of his car, runs over to the kid who's on the curb, and he uh, is, like, coughing up blood. And uh, Adam is still having an asthma attack while he's seeing this kid die. And he's freaking out. He calls 911, he's like, and, uh, but he can't speak because he's having the asthma attack. So, Adam uh, freaks out again. He finally finds his inhaler. And he's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Uh, and he gets back in his car, and he drives away, and that kid dies. All right, so you with me so far? Yes. Mm -hmm. Adam kills the kid yes. on accident while reaching for his inhaler. Mm -hmm. So he runs home, and his dad is a judge, like a well-respected, well-renowned judge. His dad is played by Brian Cranston. And Adam immediately confesses everything to his father. Like, he's not trying to hide anything. He's like, Dad, I'm sorry. I accidentally killed somebody. I freaked out. Uh, and I called 911, and then uh, I realized that I called 911 with a kid's phone, and I threw it into the uh, canal because I freaked out. And his dad is like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, you were in shock? That's okay. Uh, you weren't making, you weren't thinking straight. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do the right thing. We're gonna take you into the police station and we're gonna turn you in. And, uh, you know, his dad's a judge. He's like a, you know, a nice kid from a nice white family. So what's gonna happen? You know, he's gonna get six months suspended probably for, uh, you know, leaving the scene of a crime. Cause it was clearly an accident, right? So you're still with me, right? Okay. All right, so the dilemma is this. This is your kid. And you're going into the police station to turn him in because you're going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And you want your kid to do the right thing. 
you get to the police station and you see Michael Stuhlbarg and he's freaking out. He's his wife played by Hope Davis is wailing. And before you can turn your kid in, uh, you see that Michael Stuhlbarg is the father of the dead kid. And he is playing a character named Jimmy Baxter, who is the uh, head of the most violent mafia crime family in New Orleans. So, you know, at this point, as soon as he finds out that he, who killed his kid, that person is dead, regardless. So, this is your dilemma. Do you turn your kid in knowing that if you do, Jimmy Baxter will have him killed immediately, or do you try to cover it up? Oh, I think you try to cover it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm so I'm kind of stuck on the fact that the kid started having an asthma attack and didn't pull over to the side of the road before <laughs> killing well, no, somebody. He was being he was being pursued oh, by being people pursued. in that neighborhood. Yeah, I and and that's it's unclear why, but the people that didn't like him being at the convenience store got in their car and followed him. So where were they when he killed the kid? Um, How did they the not actually, catch up to him? They saw him run over the kid, and then they drove off. They sped away. Well, I mean, they left the scene of it. I mean, they could have helped. They could have called 911. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you would probably um, take your kid and try to cover it up. I'm still stuck on the fact that Landry's dad... Um, I was just thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> season two of Friday Night Lights all over again. I mean, come on. Right. Um yeah, I guess you you cover it up. I don't know. So, so what you're saying is that is that there is a show that is the Landry's dad plot from season two of Friday Night Lights, but just that. Just that. That sounds great. That's... Yeah, except that he's like a really yeah yeah he's a really res- well respected judge, like a really well liked, and he's he was a very respected uh, sheriff. Uh, sheriff. That's right. <laughs> That's true. I think the problem too is that like the moral of this becomes then um, only do the right thing if the person you killed was unimportant. Right. But it's like, if you accidentally kill the scion of a criminal empire, shut the fuck up. I don't, I don't know how I but feel But you have to, that. right? Well, I mean, you could just let your kid get killed. But, but you don't want to do that. Don't you? <laughs> Molly was like, what you do is you reason with the mafia dad and you know that he's gonna understand because it was an accident right it's like no that's not how it works i mean there there's a there's probably a i mean i don't know if this is right but there's probably some kind of model where you offer yourself up instead of your son you could do some something like that oh Um, say you killed oh mm -hmm. i like that the yeah Mm -hmm. sacrifice Mm -hmm. i mean you would die but then you know You'd be like, oh, I was driving or whatever. Yeah, but then the kid learns the lesson because his mistake made his dad die. Right. So and so then he's traumatized forever. Right. Forever. Uh, and, Which is uh, the point. And you're dead. That's so. how lessons are learned. Right. Sure. But I get the feeling this is going to be one of the shows where like the noose tightens a little more every episode. Where until the end where you're like suffocating. You're like, I can't handle this anymore. Please just fucking kill someone. 
Um, because like even in the first episode, he left his inhaler at the scene. Because of course he did. Yeah, but if it's like Friday Night Lights, it's like the watch. It doesn't matter. No, nobody's gonna find it. Nobody's gonna hear about it again. He'll he'll forget he has asthma. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the thing, the only thing I didn't like is that Cranston was cleaning up uh, the car, his kid's car, and um, one of the towels he used, the family dog took it and hid it under the son's bed. Oh, Jesus. Which was like a dumb, and like an otherwise smart show. They just did this really dumb thing. <sighs> That's why you take the car to a nearby quarry and burn it. As a family. <laughs> bonding. It's like it's this It's a show, bonding thing. It's like this show didn't watch the second season of Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I don't understand. Um... <laughs> But like, like they lost the mother, and you're like, oh, this poor guy, what is he going to do? And he wants to do the right thing. And then you're like, oh, I can't do the right thing, because if I do, that guy will murder my kid. Well, right. but I also feel like if you're a judge, you have a few more strings you can pull. Because I feel like you get your kid into some sort of protective custody and then just really hope that the I, mafia isn't yeah. paying anyone off. I don't really understand how. I can see that, except when you see Michael Stuhlbarg in this, you're like, oh, shit. Is he, like, really scary? Yeah. I don't know hmm. what it is about him, because he's never been particularly scary no, before. No, he's not but in scary. This particular role, no, in this particular role, you're like, oh, shit. Wasn't he, uh, wasn't he like, an assassin in, like, uh, Shape of Water? He was kind of scary. Yeah, but he wasn't, he was like, kinda, a... He was kind of menacing. I just like, like, in, like, a low-key, him... like, you're not expecting him to be menacing, but he is. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can be... If I think of the right... Was I that think you are. Right? I also what? remember. Who's I just the bad guy in Fargo? The mu- too. Yeah, the mustache in Fargo. I don't. Yeah. I can't. Not that Dan him. would know. I I wouldn't know anything about that. Which is too bad because I really like Michael Stuhlberg. Yeah. He's really good, and and part of it, part of what makes him so menacing actually is Hope Davis being so upset. Mm-hmm. And she's right. like uh, this wailing mother, and you can see in his eyes that all he wants to do is get revenge or avenge this or make his wife uh, happy or not happy but like uh, you know get justice so right. that his wife is feels better you're like this kid is done for this there's no way if he turns him in that but like Cranston this kid is not murdered but Cranston is also can be very intimidating and crazy yes so I and you get this feeling that this is going to be that kind of show where he's like a a Breaking Bad type show where he's like a really well-respected, really good judge who is going to break bad in order to protect his Just son. Just go completely off the rails. I hope it yes. ends with a shirtless wrestling match between the two men. <laughs> what? Ideally on a tennis court and they're wearing squeaky sneakers. Oh, it's Peter Moffat. He you did the night is? of. He did the night of. Oh, oh, so you're oh, saying this might actually be good? No, no, it's good. I can <laughs> tell. Yeah, and Sophia, Sophia, Sophia Black Dali is in it, who was mm-hmm. also in the night of. Um, and and Carmen, yeah, I can't say that name. Oh, and the Kings are uh, EPs. Yes, Robert yes. and Michelle King. Yeah. Are, are like uh, the Kings have got to be like uh, sort of life goals, right? If yeah. you're a te- television writer. They've got to be what? Life goals. 
I mean, oh, they have too many TV shows. Oh, really? Why, why do you want to run so many TV shows? They're just so good. They're so good. Yeah, what if this oh, yeah. one gets some of that evil magic? Um, this does kind of make me want to watch it now yeah. that I've, now that I, I mean, it does sound interesting and it does definitely sounds like it, it. I think you're right, Dustin. It does sound like just from their setup that this is going to become a tightening of the news show where right. it becomes ever and ever, you know, like it, it's each, each, uh, each time something new is discovered, it's like, Oh no, what is Brian Cranston going to do? How is he going to get his son out of this one? And there's nine episodes. That's a that's a respectable length. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I just feel like that's that's a pretty deep a hole he's gonna dig. I don't know. I'm excited in a sort of dreading it sort of way. Oh, now I do want to watch it. Ugh. Oh man, I don't have showtime. Uh, there's too much that's TV. Okay. There's too much TV, which is a nice thing. Uh, we were just saying off pod that. It's kind of nice to be able to say that. I don't feel like that was true until this weekend. Yeah. Right, but that's ca- the thing. Is it just hit. Completely. It just hit now. Um, yeah. It's December. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm finally movies. Too. I'm finally cutting cutting shows again, uh, which is interesting. What have you cut? Mm. Yeah. I might come back to it, but I, I'm I'm pausing uh, Big Sky. Oh yeah, it's kind of that last. I watched episode. the first two, and it was. I mean, I didn't watch episode three. It was. It was. I mean, it's fine. It's entertaining enough, but it's just like ah, I got. I got other stuff to do. Um, it might be something that, although they just got more episodes, but it might be something I'll come back to. You know, like when the season's gonna, over. Kind of. I'm going to spoil this third episode by telling you that uh, uh, one of the people, one of the the women, get out of the crate, or whatever that thing that she's in, the storage um, container. Right. She gets away, and uh, they chase her down and put her back in. And that was the episode, and that really frustrated me. Are you kidding? Uh, I'm trying to think which one. Wait, let me see if I can guess which one escaped. Because uh, you'd think you'd think it'd be the smart sister. That's like the obvious answer because she's the smart one. So it's not her. And then you would <laughs> think then you'd think maybe it's the prostitute because she's older, but it's not her. So I think it's the other sister. It's like the sister who's supposed to be like the hotter sister is the one who got out because she's the one who is who is the least likely to get out. Yeah, it and was then actually, she gets captured. It was actually the smart sister who got out. Oh, well, that's less exciting. But she got out and then she ran away and then the, the state trooper guy mm-hmm. chased her down and he she was like... She'd found a fisherman. She was like, help me, help me. So the state trooper ended up shooting the fisherman with right. a bow and arrow and killing him. Right. And then just taking her back. And then it basically ended up right where it was in the beginning of the episode. Wait, we can't trust the state police and they have bows and arrows? Yes, it's uh, <laughs> Wyoming, Montana. 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 I That's mean, why it's called Big Sky, Dustin. Sure, but like, okay, but what's the difference between Wyoming and Montana? Why? Why can't Wyoming be Big there Sky? There is no difference. It's true. I think there's a, but isn't that like the term for Montana? Like it's Big Sky Country. Something. Is it? I have no Aren't idea. They I think all? So. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I mean I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna Google this. I'm sure it's official in one of them, but I feel like it's still. Uh, applies to either one i don't know big sky country according to wikipedia <laughs> uh, 
Oh, this actually doesn't lead to anything. All right. Uh, what about this? What is considered Big Sky Country? Do you know why Montana is often called Big Sky Country? If you've ever been there, then you know the sky seems so big because the state is sparsely populated and free of tall buildings. <laughs> what is this? What? I don't know. That's what Google gave me uh, from americaslibrary.gov. Um, it's true of any state outside of like the one or two cities that are in that state. Right. I don't know. Except... Like, what the hell, man? Uh, I love everything about Montana, cowboy poet Mike Logan says in his book, Montana is, ellipses. I still feel like I'm spending every day in heaven. Uh, have you guys ever been to Montana or Wyoming? Uh, I have not. I, wait, have I driven through Montana? No. 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 I went to a wedding in Nebraska. That's the closest I've been. I went to um, a wedding in Colorado. Colorado's Colorado. That's like a totally different thing. Well, totally I feel like thing. I saw I a pretty big sky. It was more like farmlandy big sky, but like Iowa. Um, I was driving oh, yeah. through Iowa. Iowa's part of that, yeah. But um, the wedding in Nebraska, it was like awesome because like they rented out a warehouse and uh, they had kegs of Bud Light and they did karaoke. <laughs> and that's like, I was like, this is the ultimate cool wedding. Because these were like, like a professor and a New York Times uh, writer, and they were in Wyoming and doing karaoke with Bud Light in Nebraska. In Nebraska, yes, it was amazing. All right, I sent you guys the link to the website I just looked up, only because this website looks like it was made twenty years ago, like it's early internet kind of website. Yes, and I kind of love it. Um, um, what were we talking about? Yeah, Your Honor. So, Your Honor, on Joe Time. Maybe we'll check it out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to watch it now. Um, yeah. Somebody will dig a hole. It'll be fine. There will be yeah. pieces. Uh, speaking of shows that are two-word titles that just premiered. <laughs> there we go. Best Count, segue ever. Count to the segue. Uh, there's a show that Tori was very excited about. That returned uh, season. You watched the first season already. I mean, the the fourth. fourth, Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah, so Big Mouth came back on Netflix, um, and these guys haven't watched it yet. I watched a little. Right. Uh, (laughs) After you said, watch these two episodes episodes. so we can talk about it. Um, But so I don't want to spoil the whole thing. But uh, I think one thing that's worth kind of that I thought the show that I thought was interesting in how the show and unexpected in how the show handled it. Um, we knew going into the season that they were going to recast uh, the voice actor for Missy, who is the the kind of of the core children in the show. She's the 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 black girl who's like hyper intelligent and, and mm-hmm. kind of awkward and everything and, and she's uh, and she had been voiced by Jenny Slate. Right. So uh, they had announced before the season, like months ago, that uh, Jenny had actually, I guess, come to Nick Kroll and uh, Andrew Goldberg, and like they had all worked out that they were going to um, keep her on the show for other roles, but they were going to hire um, uh, a black voice actor to handle that character. Mm-hmm. And so they had cast um, uh, somebody who had actually come on as a writer for season five. Um, Ao Edebiri, mm-hmm. and 
so we knew going into season four that there would be a new voice actor for Missy and the season starts and it's still Jenny Slate. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, wait a minute. Uh, and it was, so I thought it was really interesting the way they, they handled it because it would have been one thing for them to just change it up between seasons, um, and not address it. Right. Uh, and the show didn't do that, but it also didn't, it didn't kind of make it come up with like a kind of cheap gimmick just to get it to do it either. Right. Um, it really created a and it, apparently, and this is what I didn't realize until I was reading interviews after the fact, um, they found a way, it w- the season was already constructed and, and it, they had, like Jenny had already done all the voice acting, the animation had already been done, they'd already delivered it to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then they decided, when they decided to change, um, to recast Missy, they found a point in the season where they could kind of like swap AO in Mm-hmm. Um, that made it work. And so, but not knowing that this all happened after the fact, you go into the season and it actually feels like they, they consciously constructed it around this decision, which was um, the whole, like each of the kids has a, has a very emotional arc for the season. Um, the humor is kind of, it's still physical, but the, they're moving more into mental health territory this season. Right. And Missy's storyline ends up entirely being about kind of grappling with her racial identity because she has like a white mother who doesn't understand and a a black father who's very um, sort of living in a post-racial construct. And (laughs) and you see Missy interacting with her extended family and uh, kind of realizing that she's an outlier um, Mm -hmm. and, and that there's there's things that she can explore. Um, so a lot of the season is her kind of exploring her identity and then there's an episode, it's like the penultimate episode where she has, uh, all the kids get dosed with drugs at a Halloween haunted house. (laughs) Um, and they go on their own, like, basically it's the culmination of every single main character's emotional arc. They all have these like bad drug trips and... So they hallucinate, and it's an exploration of like their core anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and Missy's ends up being about her identity, and it's all of these different versions of her that you've seen throughout the show. Um, and it, it's an it ends up being an homage to the Jordan Peele movie Us, mm-hmm. where it's like there's a bunch of mirrors, and like only one of them could survive. And it's like the Missy wearing the overalls, holding a pair of golden scissors, and like just being fucking crazy. But um, <laughs> it like so she shatters. Like her identity shatters, and she creates a um, sort of a collage version, right, of herself, and that version is voiced by. Um, they went back and redid the voice, so it's no longer. So that kind of pastiche version is is Ao, and then like it's Missy embracing the fact that she can be whatever she wants. So she like mm-hmm. hugs that version. And then for the rest, it's only like one more episode. But from there, that point on, Jenny is no longer voicing her. Um, right. Ao and yeah, they even they even changed her the the credits in the finale. Uh, Ao is credited in the where Jenny Slate's name was. Right. Yeah. So they they and so you know for all of season five, so she is a writer on the show. She is uh, taking over this character. But they kind of they had to go back and take this this entire season that they had delivered to Netflix and they right. edited her. But the fact that it really was uh, 
pretty seamless. And there was another, there was a joke earlier in the season where it's Missy kind of ranting about how she doesn't really know who she is. Mm-hmm. And they look, they actually like animate it where she like looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall and says something about the fact that, you know, and I'm voiced by a 37 year old white woman. Right. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I remember that joke. I think it was like a, it was like, my mother is white, my father is black, I'm voiced by a white 37-year-old woman. Or, yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they really, I think there are a lot of ways, and I'm not, I don't know necessarily that where they're going to take Missy, you know, how, how that journey, um, how true that'll resonate with people. I don't know how, how people will react to this season, but I think even if you set aside the... Uh, where they take the depiction, I think it's really, I, I, I valued the fact that they, that making this change wasn't a behind the scenes thing. Mm -hmm. Like they were, it, it, they were able to address it and acknowledge it. And it is a creative decision within the show um, that's reflected on screen and that, that it, um, you know, I'm even more impressed that they, it was retroactive <laughs> and right. that, the, yeah, that, it, that her season arc was already that. Right. And, and I, I mean, I didn't, I, I've only seen the, um, actually the two episodes that you're talking about where, where kind of like these major points happen. Um, For because her, those yeah. are the ones you said, if you only have time to watch a couple here, are the ones to watch the two episodes, it's an, yeah. uh, yeah. The nine 11 museum one where, right. uh, actually it's Devon has like a whole code switching song. Yeah. Um, which was uh, hilarious and very unsettling. Very unsettling also. and very, uh, I thought, a, another very interesting way to handle that conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, those two, you know, I, I so I think it would be very easy to just make the change and go on about your show and not have to kind of unpack. But I like the fact that they use, that the character actually making that change fits in with the emotional growth of the character herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's something, there's something else interesting that, and I mean, I've only seen, again, I haven't watched a whole fourth season yet, but it feels like, um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it, if earlier seasons felt like this, but I, f- I don't know if it's, I don't know if they did, but watching these episodes, it kind of felt a little bit like, the show itself is a little more aware of its place in like, like they're kind of aware that um, of, of their role within like, like the fact that, you know, teenagers watch them um, it, it almost, it, almost to where, not that they're trying to teach lessons, but they're, they're trying to be, uh, they're definitely thinking about that as much as they're thinking about like, how do we make this episode funny and crazy? Right. I, you know, I think that there's, there are a lot of things about this season that really impressed me. And I, th- I think that you can see, you know, I think the first couple seasons were very much rooted in, you know, I, what I would imagine would be uh, Nick Kroll and Andrew Goldberg's personal experience. Right. And you can see as the show got more successful and they were able to kind of build a more diverse writing, you know, writer's room. You can see them kind of pushing, like, okay, it can't just be <laughs> these two awkward kids, you know, from Westchester or whatever. Right. Like, you know, we need to have more, uh, not just have the characters on screen, but actually explore their stories. So you've seen um, a lot of the side characters become part of the main group and their stories are explored. And I think 
alongside that, it's less... Um, the first couple of seasons, I think, leaned very heavily on the the sort of physical awkwardness of puberty. Right. And it's it's... The show is definitely trending much more toward the kind of mental health and the emotional awkwardness and growth and then those growing pains. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, and something I'm curious, like Dustin, did you ever, does your son watch Big Mouth? So, <laughs> uh, funny, funny enough, I, 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 maybe three months ago, two months, two or three months ago, I was like, you need to watch the show because you know, you're going through this and this will be important for you to understand. And this is, you know, good for educating you. And it's very funny. And, uh, and I said, you should watch it. And he said, cool, cool, cool. And then like, uh, three weeks later, I asked him, did you ever watch Big Mouth? And he said, I watched it all. And that is it. We will never speak of it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, cause that was one thing I was curious about because I can, I, it's very hard for me as a, you know, 30, how old am I? 37 year old woman without kids. I don't know what time it's, this has been a fucking year, guys. Um, I don't know what time is. Uh, it's really hard for me to gauge. Cause I'm like, I think it would be great for kids or this is the kind of show that I wish I had when I was a kid, but I also don't think I would have gotten that much out of it when I was that age. Because I also think a certain amount, like why big mouth works is because we as an as adults can look at it and go, oh wow, from this distance, I can tell you that it's getting a lot right. But when you're in the thick of it, <laughs> you don't right. have that right. distance. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I don't know if it, it. I think I I'm sure it hits kids much differently than adults. I just you I'm know, sure. I don't know. And I don't how successful because he doesn't want to talk to me about it. Right. Which I understand. I would also I understand that. No. I feel like that probably means that like it's it's too close. Like it's like it's so close. I don't want to bring up like the thing that is so that I understand firsthand that I feel awkward about. Very awkward about. Well, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching it with my husband, and there are moments <laughs> where it's like because it's even just because the gender stuff is also very right. Um, and they, it was actually something that came into that. Um. There's a interview with Andrew Goldberg for Hollywood Reporter where he talks about the recasting of Missy um, and goes into a few other things. And one of the interesting things I hadn't realized was that they they knew in the pilot that they were going to show like you know one of the characters' penises, and so they br- start bringing on like women writers, and it, it's the they're kind of like, okay, so are you, are you going to show a vagina? And Nick and Andrew are like, oh no 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 no, and it's like, well no. If you're going to show a penis, you need to show a vagina. But the idea of showing a teen girl's yeah. vagina is seems so Oof. uncomfortable. And it's so funny because I remember the first time they did it on the show, I was shocked. And now, right. like, this, the fourth season, the entire first, you know, like, arc of it is at this summer camp. And it's uh, Jessie having her period. And so it's the Kristen Wiig vagina, like, puking blood. <laughs> And it and oh, and I didn't bat an eye. I was just like, oh yeah, no, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, her vagina is like a character on the show, and you talk right. to it, and it's it's totally fine. Um, but it, you know, I think those. I I love the fact that the show does that. That it's like, yes, men and women are both gross, and they have very very distinct individual experiences of puberty. Right. Um, and so that's the thing. I'm sitting there with my husband, and he'll be like, you know. 
like, oh God, this is so accurate to what I remember. And now, like, that was in the first couple seasons. And now, like, when the, her whole, like, wearing a pad into a lake because she wasn't sure about wearing a tampon. And I'm just like, my husband's, like, holding my hand. I'm like, like, to me, that was a horror movie. I'm like, you don't wear a pad in a lake. <laughs> Jesse, what are you doing? Like, just get the tampon. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a comedy. But I'm also like, no, that is one of the first lessons you learn. Like, you don't go swimming in a pad. Um, so I think that all of us can learn from this show. Of course, yes. 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 Um, uh, my son, if I say boob, he runs from the room, and I love it. Oh. <laughs> Have you tried saying worse things, or are you just enjoying boobs? No, what was that? To, what Didn't I tell you a story a couple of weeks ago about uh, what was that? Uh, what was phrase the phrase that I had heard? I don't even remember it. I don't remember either. It was awkward. So awkward. Uh, like no nut, no nut, no. Oh nut. no! That's what it was. Oh yeah, yes. that's right. I was like just kidding around, and I asked him if he had ever heard of No Nut November, and he just ran like I've never seen a kid run. He was like, it was like a roadrunner, just gone. We're not having this conversation. Nope, nope, bye. <laughs> I was just so shocked that he knew what that was, but you know, kids know. Well, you know, fa- fathers and sons are always, uh, that's a difficult Difficult relationship. It's very tricky. Yes. Uh, like much like the uh, the father son relationship in The Mandalorian. What? Between look at that transition. Mando and I didn't even Rogu. see it coming. Well, much you like would have the dark you... troopers that landed. Nobody saw them coming. What are they called? Um, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't talk about The Mandalorian last week. Um, which is fine. It was a great the story, week, wasn't, wasn't it? <laughs> well, no, but it. Well, I, I had this thought, which was because none of us have have watched the cartoons. Um, last week, as great as it was, like it 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 wasn't. Um, it didn't hit us in the same way, and I mean, Tori obviously wasn't here to to talk about it, but I I I would imagine that similarly. You it probably didn't hit you like you didn't have that kind of effect. Like I was more excited to see like Diane Lee Inosanto, yes, as I was to see uh, Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> yeah, I was like I understood that Ahsoka Tano was a character, and I right. had looked up, but I haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, so yeah, right. it didn't have that impact of like oh my god, this character is on the screen. I'm like oh cool, they she looks good. I've seen that character design before, <laughs> but you're right, actually, like seeing. Um, what was her character's name in the show? Was it, it wasn't the magistrate or what was she called? I think she was just called the magistrate. The magistrate, yeah. Yeah. Like, I loved the the context of what they did because they had her and they had Michael Bain and like the right. the different fighting styles and and conflicts that they set up and mm-hmm. all of that was exciting. But yeah, it's a little hard to be like you know no this is really important because see she's like. <laughs> She's kind of like a Ronin among Jedi, and right. you have to understand that it's like an in joke because she, because like Anakin totally went dark side. Now she's why she's like worried about the child. And right, do I need to watch the cartoons, Dan? I don't know. I've actually started. Uh, I started Rebels because that's the more recent one. 
Yeah. Um, and I've heard that Ahsoka Tano, one, I've heard that she comes into play in that show, but more like the adult version, because in the, in, I guess she's in like Clone Wars, she's like the teen. Yeah. So this is like the, like the, the version she's that's like the closer Padawan. to, yeah, but the version that's closer to the, the Mandalorian version, I guess, is in Rebels. And also Rebels. the characters that everyone has been theorizing might show up because of this, uh, were Just those are rebels characters Thrawn, rather than right? uh, clone wars Thrawn and uh, Ezra Bridger who is the lead of rebels um, mm. cuz apparently the 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 questions that everyone's been asking has to do with the ending of rebels which i have now been spoiled by but that's okay it's fine like, what it's what happens a, oh should we spoil it here <laughs> yeah okay um so the ending <laughs> yes. of Rebels, which actually came in this year because they had re- they they did one last season for Disney Plus after Disney Plus, you know, Launched. came into existence, yeah. um, was that uh, the the kind of like the last moment is that uh, Ezra, who's the lead of the show, uh, jumps in the hype like he and he somehow I I think if I'm getting this right, he he's on the same ship as Thrawn when the ship whatever ship it is jumps off into hyperspace and like, they don't know where that ship went. So, um, so when, uh, Ahsoka Tano is asking where is Thrawn, what she's asking is where's Ezra. Oh, um, were they like in love? I don't know that part, but they were, they were friends at least. Yeah. Uh, but so, so that's why the theory is that like, you know, they're, they're searching for Ezra and eventually, you know, he'll either pop up here or, Maybe in some spinoff show, um, in the expanded universe that they're planning, probably. Um, I like it. But Thrawn is exciting because Thrawn was a character in the old books in like the nineties, uh, which I definitely read a bunch of. Um, and he was like, he, he was did. like a cool bad guy because he was super smart and like, he he somehow understood uh, the weaknesses of his enemies through their art. That was kind of his thing. So he would be like, oh. This species, their art is like this, which means that they have no, you know, they, they will never, they'll always react this way to this kind of attack. And so you do this, and then that's how you beat them. Um, so I thought that was curious. Um, but anyway, they brought him back in Rebels. So I know he's a character in Rebels, which is why, you know, he disappears at the ending. Um, but uh, but all that to say, this last week's episode felt like much more of a reward for uh for people like us, <laughs> where, yeah. like because we've been long teased with the idea that Boba Fett is supposed to be badass somehow, and and he is, you know, and he, he is. is. It turns out he is. Yeah, and we were long teased with the fact that uh, you know Fennec Shand and uh, Ming Na Wen is mm-hmm. like really deserve better than getting killed off in a single right. episode, and she came back right as a robot. Well, not right. a robot, a cyborg, but it's great. Yeah. Um, and she was also super badass. And the two of them, um, it was a good fighty episode. Um, and there was like a boulder rolling, which was totally Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it was all right. directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, and, uh, and, and at the end, uh, obviously, you know, the child gets ki- you know, kidnapped by, mm-hmm. by Giancarlo Esposito, which is unfortunate. Right. Uh, the bigger takeaways, I feel like, are that because they blew up um, the Razor Crest, the Mando ship, 
it means mm-hmm. that Richard Aoade, the Richard Aoade bot, got blown up. Right. So I'm really upset that we've <laughs> lost one of the best characters on The Mandalorian. <laughs> well, that's the bummer, is that they bring back a character that we were hoping was still alive, and, and they, they take one back. away, you know? Yeah. Uh, I also, I you know, we get to see a bit of the child going dark side, mm-hmm. you know, when he's on the ship, and he's... He's force choking and force throwing all of right. the, you know, and Giancarlo Esposito is like smiling, you know, he loves it. Poor child, poor, poor Grogu. I, I liked this episode except for I didn't understand the whole Grogu meditation thing. What the hell he was doing there. And he's just vibing. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, he's making a phone call, like a forced phone call. Like you know when you know when Ray and uh, and uh, shirtless what's guy? his face, yeah, uh, uh, you know Kylo. when they have like their their fo- forced phone call and then they can see each other, right? Kind of like um, that, but instead of it being like one on one, this was like him like calling. It's like or like you know you're you're old like cb radios you know you, you put it out into the universe <laughs> yeah. you're like hey yeah. anybody out there and if someone answers then cool and if not no well whatever you were talking to somebody and that's gonna come into play so like it's like mando's rounding up his crew to go right. try and and like he'll he'll start fighting his way in and he'll get to a point where like he's overpowered and they have no hope and then whatever jedi heard grogu is gonna show up at the like you know last minute and save right. them Right. And the rumor, or again, rumor, or one of the things that people are wondering is, is that Ezra? Because I guess he's a, apparently he's a Jedi, or has, is force sensitive at least. I don't know if he's a full on Jedi. Um, hmm. Also, Bill Burr's coming back apparently, yeah. based on based on the Bro, setup. They're getting him. Yeah, they're getting him. Yeah. Um, I like that the episode actually advanced the plot in a meaningful way. Yeah. I like that Mando's having getting friends. It's really hard for single <laughs> fathers to have social lives, and so it was nice to see him make friends. Yeah, but he was so he was so sad when he was when he thought that he was going to lose Baby Yoda. It turned out he did, but not in the way he thought. But yeah, uh, that he, was he, he sounded genuinely sad. Um, oh, uh, there was also a uh, a funny joke that or a thing that was pointed out on Twitter that I cannot let go because it cracked me up so much which was that uh, uh, Fennec at one, when she first shows up says to Mando you look like you've seen a ghost and then it cuts to a shot of him and of course he's wearing a helmet so it's like, <laughs> like how you how know can, yeah <laughs> uh, wait can I t- so can I talk about the one like re- this is the minor thing that just drives me nuts when shows do this yes so the scene where um because like when he first encounters Boba and and Fennec and she's got the gun trained on him and you know so they all kind of they're at a standoff right. and so they agree to put their weapons down and so you see Boba Fett like lay down his absurdly large elephant rifle mm-hmm. and then Fennec Shan doesn't even she it's not even like she puts her gun down she actually like you know picks it up and like comes off the cliff so she's giving up her vantage point and then Mando should be disarming. And instead, he puts his gun in his holster 
mm-hmm. and then takes off his jetpack. Right. And so this drove me nuts because it's like the other two have given up their weapons. They've, they've right. you know, and, and he's just like, oh, like still holding on to all of his weapons, takes off the jetpack, which I understand is like a sign of, I guess I can't just fly off. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't they say take off your jetpack? I maybe, but it's still like, why are you focused on his fucking jetpack oh, right, right. when he's no, got a blaster that. in his hand? Like, right. Why would you like the jetpack isn't gonna kill you? Like the right. idea of disarming. It was a very weird thing, but it also and when when he's doing it, when he's like very intentionally taking off this giant backpack and setting it on a rock, and you sit there and you go, oh, he's gonna need that later, and he's mm-hmm. not gonna have picked it up, and that's gonna suck. Right. And it is, because if he'd had the jetpack, he could have gotten back to Grogu before the dark, what, what dark troopers? Dark troopers. Yeah, yeah. the dark troopers got there. Um, right. The Ultrons. So right, before the four Ultrons. The four Ultrons coming there. out of the sky, yeah. So he, so the whole, that whole montage where it's like they're, you know, it's him and Fennec struggling to run up the hill and then the robots flying down and then they're, they're struggling to run up the hill and the robots are getting closer. And the whole time I'm like, motherfucker, if you had your jetpack, if they hadn't, if you hadn't had that whole weird thing where everyone put their down their guns, except you, right. you would be able to get there. So I think the moral here is just let the Mandalorians have jetpacks. Yeah. Like if you uh... have earned a jetpack, don't ever take it off. Don't give up your jetpack. Never give up your jetpack. Right. Get jetpacks. Uh, well, for the uh, we 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 only nitpick because uh, because we love the uh, what is quite possibly uh, could be the show of twenty twenty. We'll see. We'll see what happens. When, we'll see what happens when we get to the end of the year stuff. You guys really believe that? Week. I mean, are you just fucking with me? I mean, me? so, Dustin, like, I don't think, I feel like the problem like the, here is that, like, you, it has nothing to do with what we believe. It just right. has to do with the way the world is and what's right. true. Right, Fa- facts don't care about your feelings, Dustin, yeah. is something that I've heard other people say. Just, yeah. So, I've lost, sure I've lost the thread on how you, what your estimation of the show actually is. Do you, I mean, I clearly like the show, and I enjoyed the second season. Well, mm-hmm. I've heard from other people that they don't like the second season as much. Right. But I find it far more enjoyable than the It's been season. a rough TV season, so, you know, I mean, overall, and, and like also, it's been a rough year, so for the show to still be the best, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know. And also comparing, even if even if you did, let, let's say that, that we both enjoyed season one more than season two, which I, I don't know if that's true or not, but even if we did, then twenty season one was 2019. So it's not even in the running right. for best show of 2020. Right. So like in 2019, in irrelevant. You, you said it was the best show compared to Succession and Watchmen. Right. And this mm-hmm. year, we don't you're have saying a it's Watchmen. the best show compared to Ted Lasso. I mean, we'll see. Well, that, that's that's next week's episode. So we'll, sure. we'll see okay. what happens. Yeah, right. But All right. um, but anyway, something something to look forward to. But I, I'm just saying, look, it's it's definitely in the running. We don't know. We like we haven't we haven't gotten there it yet. It can't be as fun for you to call it the top show of the year <laughs> if I don't hate it and I don't hate it this season. Dustin, not everything that we do is about you. <laughs> in fact, very little of what we do is <laughs> yeah. about you. <laughs> I I I don't dispute that, but I feel like. Your love of the Mandalorian is about me. And that's where you're wrong. It's about Grogu. 
It's about Grogu. Yeah. Which really, let's be honest, we need to keep calling him Baby Yoda. Grogu's a... It's, 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 a, it's, it's okay, a weird name, but, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I don't want to name shame, but come on. The it's child is also better. The child. When Pedro yeah. Pascal says it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think there are two episodes left of uh, Mandalorian. Um, is that right? Yeah, I think there are two episodes left in the season, and then uh, we'll see. But, you know, they're, they're going to keep going, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, no, yeah, um, we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Right. This will be the best show for like the next three or four years. Will it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there might be at least one show coming out next year that that might be maybe in the running, but you know, we'll see. We'll see about that. I mean, that's not. It's TBD. Not that we're biased. Who knows? Not that not that we're biased. Nothing. I'm not talking about anything in particular. So don't even worry about that. Uh. Anyway, it is time for our game. We'll play it very quickly because it's late for you guys because we definitely spent a lot of time pre-pod doing, you know, talking other stuff that you didn't hear, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all um, about Love Spackle, so don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Love Spackle, at Love Spackle, producer Seth, uh, at Love Spackle on Twitter, send him your complaints. Tell him why uh, why uh, The Mandalorian is the best show of 2020. Uh, or you can you can give him uh, a different opinion and explain why you're wrong. Um, you can just complain about really yeah. anything. It doesn't even that matter. Too. Us. Yeah, really. The the key is just making sure that you that you uh, send it directly to his, to his attention because he will get it to all of us. Um, it's best if you actually complain about him. Oh yeah, he yes. loves that. Yeah. Um, at Love Spackle on Twitter, L-U-V-S-P-A-C-K-L-E. Uh, it's not gross, that's just in your head. Uh, I feel like I've used that one before, but that's okay. Uh, this week's accurate. game is called the Untitled Oh No, What Have I Done Game. So here is how it works. Uh, I am going to go through... Uh, th- this is a semi-improvised game, so it's going to be real tight, as you can tell. Uh, what it, What's going to happen is I'm going to go through a show. It will be an American scripted television show, uh, and then I will describe that show in loose terms, saying, like, oh, no, what have I done? So here's a... Let me, let me give you a test example. Um, Uh, All right, so here's a test example that is not an American show, just so I'm not using one that's in this list. It was like, oh, no, uh, so so what happened is me and my family, we we like we like fight against bad guys. But then but then they're like these these seven orbs that we can find. And then when we find them, we can we can bring them all together. And then when we bring them all together, this dragon shows up and then we can make a wish to the dragon. Yes. Harry Potter. What? Uh, so, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna describe in vague terms the show, uh, and then and then you can you and then you just call out what the show is. But they're and, not uh, all gonna be anime because I like Dragon Ball Z. They're actually not gonna be anime. They're all gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna try to make them all American scripted shows, um, off of this list. Okay. That I have so it's fair me. for me. So it's fair for everyone. <laughs> um, and uh, and then we'll just we'll just see what happens. Uh, chaos rules, so I mean, I feel like shout this is it out. Stacked against me. Um, let's see. All right, you guys. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Yes. Oh, and and you can give me a bonus point if you can tell me which which character I am uh, 
which character's point of view I'm describing the show from. Because uh, okay. it'll probably it'll probably be the lead, but just like bonus point if you let me know who that is. Okay. Uh, all right, let's try it. Let's see how this goes. All right. Uh, oh no, what have I done? So I I went to a uh, I went to a, a bad law school, a fake law school, and now I have to Jeez. go back to uh, Mike Ross. Now I have to go back go back to school. It's community. And it's community. Correct, yeah, Tori. Jeff Winger, correct. Tori gets the bonus point. He got his law degree from Columbia, not... (laughs) The the wrong Columbia. The wrong Columbia. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, Actually, Mac Rice actually didn't get a law degree, which, yeah, I'm an idiot. Right, but he did have a uh, photographic memory, which kind of disappeared at some point, but uh, he did have that. Um, I love your knowledge of USA Today. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was relevant to my career for a while, so you know. I understand. Uh, all right, here we go. Tori got two points on that one. Let's uh, let's go to this next one. Oh no, what have I done? Okay, so I was I, I started a company, but then uh, I was working at a at a big company, and I was like, oh god, this is terrible. So I started my own company, and I quit. And then I, it's a small company running out of a house. And then I was like, this, this is going to change the world, and it's, it's about music, but then it turns out it's actually about uh, com- compressing files in a way that... Oh, Silicon Valley. Works out. Oh, Correct, fuck. Silicon Valley. Um, and it's uh, the... I don't remember any of their names. All right, no, no, no points for the character. But I know Middleditch. you meant... Yeah, Middleditch, but I don't remember his name right? either, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, but you get a point for Silicon Valley. It's three zero Tory. I was stuck on the uh, Tom Cavanaugh music show. Oh <laughs> yeah, Love Monkey. Uh, Love Monkey. Love Monkey. Yes. Oh, it uh, actually was Love Monkey. I just assume any Tom Cavanaugh show that you reference is Love Monkey. Oh yeah, we're always talking about Love Monkey. Literally, don't know what it's about. Um, all right, let's try this one. Okay. Oh no. So uh, I'm a I'm a hacker and like, uh, but like it's it's weird and I'm talking to. Talking to this guy, it, he oh, keeps Mr. telling me Robot. what to do. Correct. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Mr. What was the answer? It was Mr. Robot. Oh. He's a hacker. Do you know? Do you know his name? Um, no. Elliot. Right. Elliot. It is Elliot. Uh, I'll give Dustin a point for getting Elliot. Uh, Thank also, you. so that you're not getting swept, because it's four-one Tori. <laughs> Tori is destroying <laughs> Dustin at this game. I have also not really seen most of these shows. Great. Which is uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> and I've um, seen them all. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, okay. Oh no, what have I done? So, my, my I got dumped by my ex girlfriend, and it's really made me sad. And so I I can't do anything, and I'm just depressed. And I'm hanging out with my friends in our town, and like they're like, you gotta you gotta get back out there, man. And I'm like, oh, unicorn. Well, uh, no, no, incorrect. No. no. Uh, and then and I'm. Like no, I can't. I can't do it. And she's, you know, making fun of me and going out with a weird guy from the city. And uh, and then, but then finally, I'm like, you know what? Enough's enough. And I start fighting again because people keep challenging me to fights because I'm the toughest guy in town, and they want that title. So they they come and and attack me, and and we fight. And then sometimes it's set to rap music, and sometimes we deal with the uh, the. Uh, drug dealers in town and sometimes we throw we throw soft birthday parties for my best friend and sometimes 
uh, my sister dates hockey players, and sometimes uh, we just sit in front of our fruit stand. It's Letterkenny. The show was Letterkenny. Oh. Um, Wait, there's fighting. In <laughs> I, another one of us. Oh, Letterkenny. Letterkenny. The premise of Letterkenny begins with uh, the main. The main guy is he. He's he. His title is he's the, he's the toughest guy in Letterkenny, but he won't fight because his his girlfriend broke up with him. So he's like kind of depressed and down, and then like the big arc of the first episode is like whether or not he will find when he'll like finally decide to stand up and fight again, like get in a fist fight, like not like fight for you know right. anything in particular. No, I like um, no, I want to watch that. I like fist fights. You should watch it. It's I would great love it. and it's super funny and very silly and mostly just wordplay. Um, all right, nobody got any points there, uh, but still four one tour. No, that's all right. I didn't, I didn't realize neither of you had seen it. Um, even though at least one of you may have promised to watch it uh, in their New Year's resolutions, which we'll talk about next week. Uh, here is your next show. Uh, oh no, what have I done? Uh, so I'm actually two people, and not one. And uh, we live in New York in a studio apartment, sharing I think maybe one bed, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, there might be two beds. Uh, but we're we're a band uh, from New Zealand, and we play songs. Oh, uh, Flight of the Concords. Correct. <sighs> and who are who are we? Oh, it's um, I do. I mean, it's Jermaine and. Uh, oh God, why am I blanking on the other one's name? <laughs> he did the music for the Muppets. Brett. Brett. Yeah. Kenzie. You got it. anyway. You got it. Um, and Rise well, Tori, Darby Tori is wins. the manager. Yes. Tori, Tori did win. Yes. Tori wins the game. Um, I got smoked. I, I didn't even get to... There, there's so many other shows I'm on this. I'm just going. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm just picking shows off of the top 250, so... I would like to hear you try and explain... Like, did you do one for Legion? <laughs> oh, okay. Let me let me see if I can do one for Legion. Um, <laughs> I just want to know how you, how you could possibly explain. Okay, so I haven't seen after, like, maybe partway through season two, so I don't know endgame stuff. But... No, that's fine. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Oh no, what have I done? So I, I woke up and I'm in a asylum and my best friend is this weird girl who may or may not be dead. And like, sometimes I dance and sometimes I have a girlfriend and she's crazy, but she's not crazy. And then it turns out I, I am crazy, but also it might be that I'm crazy because I have superpowers and I might be Charles Xavier's son, except we can't <laughs> say that legally because of like... Issues between various mega media conglomerates, uh, and um, you know, but then I'm so powerful that there's a group that wants me to fight with them, and then there's a guy who oh shoot I'm forgetting the bad guy what is what is the name anyway oh, it doesn't King. matter what Shadow King Shadow King that's right the Shadow King uh, who's after me but also might be a good guy and then at one point my girlfriend shows up from the future and says i need to either use my powers or stop using my powers i don't know at that point i kind of checked out of the show yeah, but then jason Manzukis shows up and we have a rap battle that is such a good episode <laughs> sorry i sometimes just pull up that rap battle and watch it on youtube the rap battle is amazing it's so good um oh also that reminds me uh going back just for a moment to big mouth uh because I watched the penultimate episode, I saw what was probably the emotional climax of Manzukis's story arc uh, with Jay, 
And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is so heartbreaking. And I didn't even watch the whole thing. It's but. really good. Actually, really. <laughs> yeah, so Jay and Lola, their relationship, they have like, I mean, it's rocky, but they... <laughs> It's literally like the healthiest romantic relationship <laughs> on the whole show. <laughs> it's wonderful, like what they like go yeah. through as a couple. Um, oh, but you... what they what they what they get to in that episode, I was so heartbroken. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for you. No, but it also, you know, they continue to communicate. Right, right. Like I, it is one of those out of left field things where you you. Both of those two characters are used as such, you know, they're just cheap laugh fodder in the beginning. Right, right. And they've gotten more depth, but then you put them together, and it ends up being this, I mean, they're still really, really funny, and not necessarily, but it's actually one of the better examples of a healthy relationship. Right, Not a perfect one, not one without problems, but, like, how you navigate those problems. Right. (laughs) Unexpected. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to going back and actually watching the whole season because um, what I did watch, uh, even out of context, was entertaining and um, you know held up pretty well. Good. So, yeah, and I guess I'll also watch Your Honor, Dustin. It's gonna be great. Or is it really upsetting? <laughs> Probably both. Oh, both. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, that's the show. That's that's. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. We did it. Like uh, Tori won the game, uh, despite Dustin's cheating. Uh, and, I don't even uh, know. I, 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 I... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> next next week, uh, so next week is actually going to be our last full episode of the year, um, because like last year, we will, we will take a little time off and have many episodes over the holidays. Um, so next week, we'll no be talking. Makes no sense to me. What? Makes no sense to me. It's a what pandemic, people. Why we stop? <laughs> what even are holidays? I mean, what are we doing? People, you're right, I don't but even you know, know what month it is. But people want, you know, people want. Right. Time. I, I think it's more for it's more for the listeners. Like they need time away from us. I get you know, it. I get is, it. That is, I is what it is. Um, but uh, but anyway, so next week we'll be we'll be talking best shows of the year and what that means. Uh, we'll find out. I'm sure it'll be very surprising, and it's not like the result is you know already written in stone. I mean, look, we 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 do not know. We, this this is a this is a free and fair tabulation, although it's independent, independently set up with the you know the the people in the room with the with the numbers. They're 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 I'm crunching to the keep numbers. Trying cool about it. They're crunching the <laughs> numbers. I know and then, that. And then we'll find out. We'll find out what happened, and you know it'll be it'll. I mean, you can you can ask for a recount, but it's it's highly unlikely that that the results will change at that no, there's point. There's no fraud. So uh, there's there's definitely no fraud. I don't no want fraud. to feed the trolls. And so so we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, that that'll be fun. So uh, but we'll, we'll we'll do that next week. And for now, uh, for now, we'll say good night. Good night. Good night.